on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself and launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian. I'm joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues have beaten GWS by 30 points in what was an incredibly gutsy win in the end. Lockie, what impressed you the most about that performance? <laughs> Bang. Big question Straight to lead off with. Gee, I love it. What impressed me the most? I think it just it just felt weird for a change to be going in as such heavy underdogs, I think, with everything mm. that happened during the week. It just it, it all seemed just the perfect situation for us to have a loss. And yeah. we pushed through and there was some, you know, some times in throughout the game where we were tested and yeah, we came through. How'd you feel? Yeah. Oh, it was just one of those games where all the build-up, and we will touch on that as well as we get into this podcast, but it was just everything seemed like it was going against us. You had the injuries to Harry, Lewis Young out, Leon Cameron resigns, and it was just all these little mm-hmm. things. And knowing the Carlton of old and what we've you know dealt with over the past couple of years as well, that's a game we lose nine times out of ten. And even the way the game went in the end, when GWS came back, that again we lose that we lose that game all the time. And I was just so incredibly impressed with how we dug deep. And if you if you don't already believe, I'm sure you do after <laughs> that game because there's just so much to love about this group and what Vossi's been able to do is just so exciting. It's so great to think back to all the different tests that we've had this season already. Like we wanted to get the the monkey off our back in round one by mm. beating Richmond. And, you know, there's been all these different kind of hurdles that we've gotten over. And beating GWS is just another one where it just seems yeah. like the last five years they've just had the knock on us every single time. So it feels good. Just another one uh, checked off for Vossi. 100%. So I guess knowing the build-up, all the injuries, how are you feeling going into the game? Because... <laughs> We were, we were a little bit nervous last week before we heard about Harry and Young being out. Um, did you give us much of a chance? Because, look, I know on socials it was pretty negative. I was chatting to a mm. lot of mates, and every time the news kept hitting, we were starting to get a little bit down on belief. Uh, how are you feeling? Did you still think we could get up, or were you starting to look at the mm. old Carlton and think this is another <laughs> loss? No, I, I definitely kept the faith the whole time. I think I there hasn't been enough this year f- for me to be proven Otherwise, like I just, even with all those things happening, there were still so many reasons to have the faith, I think. Um, you know, sounds good in hindsight, but I, I did. I put my money where my, where my mouth was for this one. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the, like you said, there was all the reasons not to believe it. But um, yeah, it, it just shows, I, I think, even in this performance specifically, as I was thinking back to my votes, I'm like, gee, there's so many guys that I would love to give the one vote to here mm. because there's so many blokes that just play their important role. And you look down the stats and it's like, again, just contributors all over the board. And that's what makes for a win at times like this where we're not relying on three blokes anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know when all the news was hitting. Every single time something else happened, my belief was fading, like in that instant. Mm. But then I'd, you know, give it twenty minutes, calm down a little bit, and then it's, well, GW is not that good, and yeah. you can get all this build up. <laughs> Every single time, 
a player's been injured, anything's happened, the rhetoric from the club has been very, you know, next man up, and that's the way we're going Absolutely. about it. And, yeah, it's just words. We've heard a lot for a long time, but it seems like every time we've been tested so far this year, we've we've proven it. We've beaten the test. So I was still very somewhat confident going into mm. it. I believe we could still do it because why not? This is a group that has shown so much resilience in different moments that coming up yeah. against a, a team that we don't play well against at a ground we don't play well against, there you just you just had yeah. to think that this has to be the time with everything else that you mentioned you know the round one breaking the hoodoo it just kind of felt right um so i guess talking yeah. about um the start because that was absolutely mm. electric oh. Kicked the first four goals up by 27 <laughs> points did that shock you when we just came out of the gate so quick it did shock me it did i was <laughs> I was jumping around the living room, I'll be honest. Uh, I think when TDK took that mark and then slotted mm. it through so casually, <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, yeah, all right, we're on today. This is good. <laughs> yeah, I fully jumped out of my seat when that happened. Couldn't believe it. And not to be you know, very rude to the man, but I saw him lining up for that and I've gone, oh, yeah. he on the, the drop punt, is he? Good luck kicking it Left from there. And then Rockman in the pocket. <laughs> Straight away, just straight through the middle. Our boy doesn't move. And it's same. I'm going, so okay, good. this is the 100-point win. This is beautiful. And kind of going back to the what happened in the week with losing the tools and how we were mm. going to set up, I, I thought we did the right thing with it being, let's go the smalls, bring in Motlop, because we don't really have anyone else to come in to play tall. You would have said maybe Kemp. But then Young goes out and you just have to play him down back because GWS have a couple of tools down there. Made sense for us. So I like that the idea was, you know, get it in quick and lock it in. Get the high pressure guys in there, get some pace on the ground and just try to up the pressure, get the turnovers. And that's what we did. Mm. That, that early sort of passage of the game, the commentators couldn't stop saying that GWS hadn't had a possession in their forward half. And that was yeah, just from that. everything... <laughs> everything we were doing. And that was really, I think, the building blocks of why we won that game of football. And yet yeah, we lost it for a little bit there. But I think what impressed me so much from that was we've seen Carlton have some injuries, lose some structure, and maybe have to play small in the last couple of years. And it was like we kept trying to play the same way mm. while not having a tool there. And this year we finally get some structure, get some system, and we just figure it out and we play a different way. We're able to adapt. And that has just impressed me so much because we don't do that. We get we lose a couple of key plays and all of a sudden we just we turn to shit. So mm. was that something that impressed you the way that we're able to actually use those smalls and keep that pressure up? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean it was it was what we expected. <clears throat> the Giants were able to double team Charlie. They knew where we were heading. You know, they were able to yeah like really minimize his impact mm. until the last quarter. And he kept trying throughout the whole game and, mm. and was doing his best, but you know, it, it just wasn't happening for him. And, and that's fair enough under the circumstances, but yeah, I agree. It was the way that I hoped, uh, you know, I think the selection was right based on uh, mm. the situation that we were in and yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to talking about it later. Uh, you know, if, if young's good to go this week, what they'll do. Mm. Yeah. I guess on that, was there anything else that like looking, 
into that game before it happened that you were hoping that we tried mm. or different plays that you maybe wanted to to bring in when we were lost young, lost Harry? Probably not, to be honest. Um, I mean, this again, this is, you know, you see the fans calling that it was time for Dow, um, which is just another thing that I'm, I'm not really subscribing to yet until until we get some a, a midfielder go down or something like that. But, yeah, it definitely felt like it was Motlop's time. I'm glad they did that. Mm. Um, oh, I'm sure we'll talk about Plowman a bit. Um, so no, I, I, I was pleased. What yeah, would you though? Was there other guys you were thinking about? Not really, because like you, you look at that back line: Lewis Young out, health and safety protocols. Marchbank's not ready to go. No, Garvin's out for ten to twelve. McDonald, God knows when he's going to come back. They've not given a timeline, which doesn't bode too well. Um, Parks out for twelve no. weeks with a stress fracture in his foot. So Kemp was like the obvious one, but then when Lewis Young out with the health and safety, it was, well, if they've got Himmelberg and Hogan, who ended up being Riccardi, it's like, well, yeah. I don't want Plowman being the second tall. Like that no. just doesn't work. He's not that tall defender. So Kempy has to go back there. And yeah, I just think as soon as I saw the team listed, it seemed right to me of, okay, play that, you know, lock it in super, super pacey, um, sort of small forwards and you got Fisher mm. that can go move through there as well. And we've seen previously Sauce just he's someone that you chuck him into a role because you need something out of him and you seem to always get it. Plays the tall forward, plays the ruckman, whatever you ask him to do, he seems to find a way to make things happen. And again, I thought he was tremendous. And Charlie working so oh, yeah. hard all day to even contest to get the ball to ground because we knew we weren't going to get those marks in inside 50 and around the ground. So I just, to be able to crash packs and do those, do those good things around the ground was just amazing. And yeah, Mm. I, I think if, if uh, Lewis Young's back, which I believe he will be, um, would you be inclined to move Kemp forward (laughs) or are you happy to just almost keep that forward line the same? You have read my mind. Um, I, I've been thinking about it all day, to be honest, to what, the, where the moves would be, and I, so I won't completely spoil it. But that feels right to me. Uh, I think, um, yeah, slot back Young in where he's been doing so well, and then you know, let's move Kempy around. It's so easy to forget that that was his third game. Yeah, like, but the, the, some some people were, you know, having a go at him on Twitter when he gave away that free kick, or you know, did a miss kick or whatever. Like, mm. gee, some of the blokes in this team are so freaking young in their careers. It's yeah. crazy. You just got to remind yourself. And I think we've touched on it previously with a guy like Kemp. It it must be so hard to miss so much football in those sort of really early developing years, come to a footy club, not play, start mm. to get a bit of a role down back, and then you come to preseason and it's, hey, Kempy, you're going to play forward. And then yeah. you train preseason in the forward line, you play a couple of games <laughs> in the twos, and now it's, we need you down in defense again. And so you've got to re-get your position back. And we've seen with mm-hmm. so many other players, like even a weedering where played so well in defense, then we started to shift him around and we weren't getting that same sort of value from him. He seemed to struggle a bit. And young players, yeah. it's it's so hard to move them around because if they just haven't got it just yet, it's so hard for their development. And I guess with that, yeah. um, I've got something I want to float and we'll definitely chat about this game, but I just had so much I wanted to talk about with all these injuries and how we're going to shape up is it's a, it, it is a potential option in the coming month or so. Um, say a March bank in the next couple of weeks is good to go and comes in. Mm. 
Would you have a look at, you know, if we're maybe starting to struggle a little bit with not having that second tall presence, maybe a camp isn't working. Would you be inclined to maybe throwing a young down there? We saw him play a little bit against Frio. Yeah. He got shifted down there. Do you think that's a, an okay option or would you again just keep someone where they've been playing well? <clears throat> again, reading my mind, uh, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole last week watching some Lewis Young highlights from his days at the Dogs and and they would do that. Like they, were, they played him yeah. in the ruck actually a lot more yeah. than I thought they did um, and, and being able to swing him up forward as well. Mm. I think... There's, there, you know, t- touch wood, but I think there'll be some more times this season where we're mm. going to be challenged uh, in terms of what players can play in what positions. So mm. I think we've got to keep it as much as we preach playing players in their best position. I think we might be a bit hamstrung at times and need to, you know, move the move the names around on the board. So yeah, I'm mm. completely mm. open to that. I think I think he'll be able to do the role wherever. Yeah, I think it's it's good that we've got. And I know heaps of them are injured, but if you looked at the healthy list, there's a young that you can kind of throw around the place. He can go forward, go in the ruck, play his natural role in defense. McGovern mm. can play both ends. We've seen McDonald do that. There is levers we can pull. Unfortunately, yeah. everyone's just injured at the moment, which sort of hasn't allowed us to do that. But if a March yeah. Bank can play um, well enough to get back into the one, stay healthy... I do like that we at least have an option to shift someone because I guess you, you look at it the other way and if, if you know, Young wasn't there and wasn't able to do that and he was just a defender, then you're looking at bringing, you know, Marchbank in and then you're thinking, oh, Jesus, is it going to have to be Weedering that goes down forward? So at least mm. hopefully, fingers crossed, there are a couple options as we move forward. But the boys did incredibly well this week and so well. I'm very interest, interested to see um, if they do end up changing anything with Young back. So back to mm-hmm. the game. We started hot, as we mentioned. We kicked the first go- four goals, up by 27 <laughs> points. Then GWS respond. They ended up kicking seven of, I think, the next 10 goals, which ended up being level at halftime. What for you, I guess, went wrong in this period? <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I firstly want to say... I, I truly think a 30-point margin does flatter the Giants for what this game was. Yeah. One, one. I know we're talking about the first half here, but one, how we kicked in the third quarter, and two, some of the some of the ways that they got these goals. Mm. Like, I, I thought Doherty, all in all, played a fantastic game, but that first Toby Green oh. goal should not have been a goal. Like, that just nev- that's just not a goal. That shouldn't have been yep. a goal. Um, and there was a couple instances like that where I'm like, we've just... You can't even, like, that's not game plan. That's not inexperience. Yeah. That's just bad by us. And you got to get that sometimes. So I, I don't even, I don't really know how to put my finger on it other than, like, how often can I say that every, every football game that you watch has mm. these ebbs and flows and they're going to come at some stage. And, you know, they took a lot of their chances and then we, just, oh, I, I could not get over that kick in the moment because I'm like, just don't oh. let Toby have a single sniff. Um, and one of the goals that they kicked was the one at the within 15 seconds of the second mm. quarter to Riccardi. It was yeah. like, well, you know. So, look, uh, um, it's kind of a sit-on-the-fence answer, but I don't know. Was there things that you saw that we stopped doing or we weren't doing as well? 
Maybe a couple, but I think one of the main things that it was frustrating me. It was a big trend throughout the game, which you know we we know we love our our uh, what Channel Seven commentary on this pod with BT because oh. that was one of the worst uh, just all round performances by everyone that was involved on that day because mm-hmm. it kept fr- it kept annoying me so much that GWS have come back in. Every single commentator was just going, I can't believe GWS has come back. How have they managed to do this? I'm like, you're getting paid to tell me why they're doing this. And any semblance of, you know, IQ would be able to tell you what was going on there. And it's the fact that we have no tools. And I thought that GWS started to kind of figure that out and play in, into that their strengths there because the amount of times they sort of forced us a little bit to kick down the line they started up their pressure a little bit. And Bruce, I thought, finally figured out where to stand in the ground. <laughs> and it's so hard mm. to try and mark the ball over him. And I thought they were really playing to their strengths by having a bit more height in the in the game. And it, it's so hard for us to also yeah. keep the pressure up that we were applying in those first few moments. And it was forcing exactly. GWS to just kick the ball immediately out of defensive 50 under pressure and they sort of finally started to calm down a little bit, take the easy option, handball a little bit more. And that's GWS's strength, moving the ball pretty well from that. And we started to lose the contest a little bit. Um, but I agree with you. Like they got some goals that like that Doherty kick is probably the worst kick like I've ever seen. It was just, and you don't expect that from him and you'll probably never see it again, but unfortunately it costs you the goal. And yeah, I, it's weird. We did a couple of things that, weren't amazing, but I'm kind of happy that it happened, which might sound stupid, and I wasn't happy in the time. But now that we've won the game, I just thought it was another great test where it was just almost the perfect way for the game to play out for seeing what this team can actually do. You know, start strong, lose the lead. It's even at halftime. So you go into halftime almost Mm. mentally thinking, oh, we stuffed this one up against, you know, a, a bogey team at a bogey ground. We then come out hard in that third quarter when we have to, which we've shown in the last couple of weeks, third quarters are now our quarter. We absolutely dominated, but then didn't put it on the scoreboard. So then you go into three-quarter time yeah. thinking, you know, I know as a fan, I was going, oh, this this has that game written on it where GWS come out, kick the first goal, and then our confidence just disappears. And they end up running over the top of us. But again, we were just so mm. mentally strong. And then to come out again in that last quarter, go even harder, run over the top of them. They crumpled within a second and we win by 30. It was just a great test. I just, I just loved how it ended up stacking up for us. I think we learned more than if we had just won by 150, which I would have loved. But uh, <laughs> if you don't end up doing that, I'm glad that there were some lessons learned um, for the team and at least for us fans as well. Yeah, no, I think well said. Uh, like I said, I, I had a lot of faith going into this game, even with everything happening. But during that third quarter, I started a <laughs> note on my phone and I started writing down as costly things. I was like, these are the oh. moments that if we yep. lose, it's like we should have taken those opportunities and put mm. them away when we could have. But um, yeah, God, that fourth quarter, oh, every goal in that fourth quarter just made me smile so much. There's so <laughs> many good moments. And yeah, it's great. It's just so good. Yeah, because I agree with you in that third quarter. I was starting to take some notes. And, gee, every single one of those was very, very aggressive and they had to get quickly deleted and they'll never see the light of day because <laughs> uh, there would have been some heat on the podcast if we didn't get up. 
But to kind of show, I guess, the dominance, at three-quarter time, we had led with 10 more inside 50s, six more clearances, 28 more contested possessions, and 40 more uncontested. That was at three-quarter time when the game's still in the balance. <laughs> that just shows you kind of how much we had dominated up until that point, and then we continued with it, and finally it showed it on the scoreboard. So mm. I guess the next thing is 30-point win, you know, put up 105 points with that forward line, shows sort of so much growth for this group. Um, do you think that that, I guess into that last quarter that the old Carlton would have crumpled. Um, is that what you would have think? Without a mm. doubt. I was As you were talking then, I was thinking we need to have like a, a weekly segment where we just remind, like spend a minute just mm. reminding ourselves where we were a year ago. And yeah. Because it's so, it's so easy to forget that. Of course. What, did we, I, I felt like every single last quarter last year we were losing mm. and any yeah. time that we were challenged in, in mm. situations like this, we were too. We were calm. We we I thought we yeah. Charlie obviously came into the game. He was always going to like they were yeah. finally going to click. Um, Sauce incredible. The doc goal was great, and yeah, and and we really just didn't give them any opportunities either. Like we just mm. suffocated them again, like we did in that the, the start of the um, first quarter. It yeah, I, I don't even know what to say because it's like there's just been so many of these tests that we've been able to pass and uh, like, it's just crazy how, and how much this team has changed even throughout this season. Like mm. I'm just looking at the names that played Maddie Cottrell coming on again as a sub noons being thrown down back plowman. It's like, these yep. are the guys that are stepping up in the last quarter to hold on for us. The guys that people we have never been able to rely mm. on really. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're evolving so much sort of before our eyes. And I, I want to touch on Plowman and those kind of players, but I think it perfectly ties into this and it's kind of what I've tried to tee you up for and you've worked it beautifully. So thank you. Cause it was a, it was <laughs> a really average question, but it's basically for the next little segment here. <laughs> and it, and it's basically because at the start of the season, we had both gone through every single game of the fixture and we had both come away and predicted the exact same amount of wins, which was 12 wins and that basically gives you finals mm-hmm. historically. Now, at this point in the season, I wanted to save this for the sort of mid-season review of the bye, <sighs> but I just had to do it now while we're still winning. Uh, and that is that both... <laughs> we... <laughs> Things could change very quickly. We know that. Exactly. So you've got to say it while it's very positive because this could change. <laughs> but at this point, we both had us, and we had some different wins and losses at that stage, but, yeah. but we had Carlton 5-4, and four. At this stage, we're seven and two. That is such a big jump from being sort of middle of the pack to top four like we are now. And it's a big chance for our finals now, just having these wins banked. And, you know, the media are starting to jump on us with all these injuries mm-hmm. and things and still say, we're top four. How far can we go on the ladder? And it's just because of this and because of where you predicted us at the start of the season, where we are now. Are you starting to, I guess, see yourself believe so much more? And maybe you kind of touched on it earlier when we had all these issues midweek and you were still kind of confident that we were winning. Like how much has your belief changed in this group from what you've seen week in, week out? 
I like that you raised that point about our predictions because I was actually thinking about that today and I was like, do we need to do like a a revisited version in the yes. mid-season and be like, are we actually changing the, for the second half of the season? Because, mm. again, I don't know. It's Maybe it is contradictory to what I said earlier about having the faith because I don't know. I don't know even if my expectations have still kind of changed at where I hope that we finish. Like obviously finals, if we don't make finals, that's going to be mm. – a big disappointment, mm-hmm. but but and you and I were saying at the start of the season, well, we can not make finals this year and still be a success if if yeah. various things happen. Um, I still think looking at the ladder and looking at the teams, I, I'm not expecting top four, but I think I, I, the yardstick has changed a bit for me. I think mm. I think a home a home final is kind of like what you know i i feel like even if we did finish seventh or eighth now I, there'd be a small part of me that feels like we could yeah. have done more i don't know if that's fair or not because we there's still a lot of teams inside the eight mm. that we haven't played yet but yeah fifth or sixth now yeah. is kind of where i'm thinking yeah i i agree with you i think that the yardstick had does need to change and shift a little bit because the way we're playing in the wins we've banked, even though it may not be against the greatest opposition or whatever, I know people will still say that you're seven and two. It's going to take a lot to go wrong for you now to not make finals, and it can still happen. You know, look at how many injuries we've had. We've had another one in this game with Zach Williams. Anything can still turn. But yeah, I, I, I believe so much more with us. Like even in game, I'm still going to be a super nervous person. And when the opposition kick mm. a couple of goals, straight away my reaction is, oh, we've lost the game because I've yeah. just – it's been bred in me for the last 20 years, my whole life of watching Carlton, that we just don't get over the line. But, you know, the dust settles and I go, get the next one and we win this. Like it's amazing like how much that changes. And then as soon as we we have a nice passage of play or we do kick that goal, I'm immediately like, no, nah, we're doing this. Like I believe in this group. I can see the way they're playing, that mm. it's it's just going to happen for us because we're willing ourselves to the next contest. We're willing ourselves to win. And it's just great. And you sort of you mentioned those, which kind of become a trend, almost a, a new segment, which is talking about like the bottom six players, um, the much yeah, maligned totally. players. And in our totally. wins, they're performing. And I think this week we have to chat about them again and, uh, I've narrowed it down to four. Maybe it's not the bottom six. Maybe it's just the bottom four. But <laughs> there's these guys that they get shit on by supporters all the time. And I've shat on heaps of them weekly, a um, couple of weeks back, one in particular. But they've just yeah. all been incredibly impressive. And we've got to start off with the, the man of the pod, Lockie Plowman, 14 yeah, disposals, 100% disposal efficiency. Don't you mind? Uh, seven intercept possessions, three score involvements, three tackles, 12 pressure acts. He was instrumental in that game. And early, I reckon in the first oh, yeah. five minutes, he was, and this might sound stupid, but I thought he was like best on ground with some of his efforts. Seriously. My group, my group chat was blowing up with the plowman love. It was incredible. I don't know what I've started, but I absolutely love it. Two minutes in, he'd, he'd done that massive bump. <laughs> And then an inset mark where he probably should have got 50 as well. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Revenge <laughs> game from Plough. He's turned up. Oh, it's great. You just love to see it. And I, I saw someone tweet. I'm not going to – I can't remember who it was, but it's saying, you know, th- this is what we thought Plowman could do when everybody else is actually yeah. doing their job defensively. And it's not him being the one, you know, 
five guys up the field get beaten and then he has to win a ridiculous one-on-one. Mm. We're playing this team yeah. way now and, and he's not getting exposed. And I feel like that you've nailed it there because so many of these fringe players, they're becoming so much better because everyone else is sticking to their role. That It almost feels like the next man up works in this system because you can mm. throw someone in and because everyone else is doing the right thing, being in the right positions, blocking, going for the contest. It doesn't matter who you plug in. When the ball's there to be won, it's working. And that's that's really impressive that, you know, another guy comes in as a sub two weeks in a row. Incredible performances. He's doing things that I didn't know he could do. And they're small sample sizes. But for him to have 15 disposals, go at 93% disposal efficiency. He was taking on these risky kicks and nailing them which is what his deficiency was. 15 pressure acts, three rebound 50s. Did you think that he was one of those players, and it seems seems like he did it last week as well, that he was like almost like the Adam Saad role where he's the one Mm. streaming seemingly off halfback and making all the good things happen for us? Absolutely. I've got a shout-out to Ewan Morton here who asked us, Matty Cottrell, yes or no, why? (laughs) <laughs> it's a great question. It's it because it's just crazy. Again, he was a guy that earlier on in the season we kind of and 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 through the off season even we yeah. kind of put a bit of a soft line through him as like we don't see this guy mm. as being someone that would be in our long term plans. And you, and you you just hit the nail on the head. Like I didn't even know that he had this role in him from mm. what we saw, what what we'd seen in the really really early stages of his career. And gee, I I hope. I hope that he gets a full game somehow um, yes. next week. I, I'd hate to see him be the, the sub again because I think he's, he's earned an opportunity to have a full game. Mm. And it's we know his, de- his deficiencies were like he was always so good at bringing the heat, bringing the pressure, but it was his disposal and decision-making letting him down. But that seems yeah. to be one of the best things he's brought in the last two games since being brought on as the sub. And, I mean, if he can continue any of that to some degree – over whenever he gets brought back into this team, he could be a really handy like little role player for us. As again, someone that we probably would have said he's not surviving at the end of the season. He yeah. keeps this up. He gets another year because you you need these outside players. And again, if you look at this guy and the next two, I'm going to talk about in Yunus and O'Brien. I, I felt like the almost evolution of us after the first few games because the the big strength was that contested winning side of the game. That was what they were talking about in preseason. That's our new brand, if you like, the contested stoppage stuff. Mm. As soon as we nailed that, like the next evolution for us to become a really good side was nailing down the defensive side of it. Like what are we doing without the ball? Can we cover the ground, stop transitions, which I think we've done fairly well over the last yeah. sort of three three games, got the wins. But it was also mm-hmm. how can we utilize the guys on the outside these guys that we haven't in previous years, your Fishers, your O'Briens, like can we get them involved and make them play really good football? So far, it's a tick for me. And you look at Nunes' game, 18 disposals, 83% disposal efficiency, eight score involvements, three tackles. He is, again, stepping up incredibly. And then another one that I'll just throw some stats out so we can talk about both of them. On the wings is is Lockie O'Brien where... A massive game from him, 22 disposals, 20 kicks, one goal, 
Two behinds could have had a couple more. Six score yep. involvements, seven inside 50s, 672 metres gained. He actually set career it's highs massive. for metres gained and inside 50s and tied his career high for kicks. Um, disposal efficiency probably just slightly letting him down a, a little bit. But I think, honestly, yep. I'd love to see the kicking and handball efficiency because I feel like it's the handballs he's stuffing up but it's the it's the long kicks that set everything up that he's absolutely nailing for us and you can see that with the meters gained how like how important are all these role fringe players becoming for us now in these in these victories incredibly important especially when it felt like I don't know guys like Cripper like obviously he's still amazing but far from his best mm. this season it felt like Walsh he was good, but still not really at his 100% that we know he is. And that's the opportunities for the guys that you mentioned to step up and fill the gaps and make just an all-round team performance. And mm-hmm. O'Brien is like, yeah, he's done what we hoped. He's uh, he's truly taken another step this season. <laughs> Seriously, he if he wants to have no handballs in a game... <laughs> Go ahead because you're right. Yep. I feel like every time he does it, it's a hospital handball or to someone already <laughs> under pressure. Um, so just get it on your boot, young fella. We love that. Kicking it long, getting the meters gained, like you said. Oh, it is just so pleasing. And, and like you mm. said, like it feels like in, in the losses, it is it's the the bottom six at, that get are getting five touches, six touches, yeah. turning it over a whole bunch. So it's really pleasing in games like this to see so many guys like in the teens for disposals. Mm. And I just and that was a thing on Cottrell, I remember early on, we were like, well, a, a quarter or a quarter and a half can go by and you don't see him once. Yeah. And you go, where? Like he's just gone completely missing where I haven't felt like that in the last couple of mm. weeks. Yeah. And I think that the when the midfield are on, they're just finding different ways to get other people involved and, and so moving true. it with, with the hands. And everyone is seemingly on the same wavelength, knowing where to be to get the hands to, to run on. And that's where you're getting your O'Briens, your Noons, your Cottrells to run through. Um, and Fisher, who's just been playing incredibly well. Um, yeah. It's just so good that these guys can show it. And uh, it's making me excited to see us now when – we start to play these better teams. We've got that test against Sydney as another one next week. And mm. I know I've been someone that has been very much like, okay, I want to see the next game. I need to see us against this opposition. But I feel like now that we're starting to win these games, I'm just starting to try to enjoy the week that was a little bit more rather than going, yes. yeah, but can we do it against this team? I'm just going, well, we did it against GWS, a team that we don't ever beat over there. So I'm just going to enjoy the win and then next week can come and we can deal with that when it happens. But we've had three weeks where all these bottom players that have struggled have seemingly played their their best games and keep improving every single week. So we've now reset, seen how we can play at our best and that's definitely going to help us in the, in the months to come. I love that you said that because I was thinking about that as, as I was thinking about the pod today that there's going to be a, a time this season where you and I are sitting here miserable because of yeah. the performance that we put out there. That is completely inevitable that that is going to happen. So, yeah, we've got to live in the moment and enjoy it because we've that's that's three weeks in a row of 30-plus point wins. Um, and I went back to mm. see the last time that happened, and the last time was the first three rounds of 2012. Yeah, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you remember that blistering oh, start yeah. to the year. <laughs> Ten years since we've been able to enjoy a three-week stretch like this. We just got to, yeah, exactly, mm. live, in the, live in the moment with it. 
And I'm pretty sure we said on the podcast, like before we had these rounds, that like these are the games we lose, that you're expected to win. Like last year, we had that run where we're potentially looking to play finals and lost to North, lost to Gold Coast, and there's your season done. Pretty sure we lost to GWS in that kind of period as well over there. So it's good to see that we're we're finally changing this. And like they're a team that like they spoiled Eddie Betts' last ever game for us. Good point. And so I'm glad we're able to get some sort of revenge this time around. And, you know, Leon Mm. Cameron has has caused us some hurt. So it was good to see him have to suffer in his final game. Finally, the tables turned and... See you, mate. See you later, mate. You are absolutely sacked. Get out. Um, so and Mickey Gibbons' last game for us too. Don't don't uh, don't forget that. Exactly, and we and we love Mickey, so we don't we don't want to see him go on a loss. Uh, what other players? We've talked about a few. We've mentioned a couple, and maybe haven't gone in depth. Who else yeah. for you was pretty instrumental in this win that you'd love to have a bit of a chat about? Spoiler for my votes, but. Did you see Corey Durden doing this this season? What he's been able to do these last couple of weeks where he isn't just – like I had in my head that, okay, he's just going to be this pressure, small forward, you know, yeah. Yep. Kick some goals, do the tackles, getting up the field, getting into defense, being the calm head, using the ball well across the ground. He's done it these last couple of weeks. Just so pleased. Like there's just so many more dimensions to his game already than I expected. Still a bloke that's played less than 10 games. Yeah, well, I mean, if you had listened to BT, you would have known this was coming oh. all those years at North <laughs> Melbourne. It's been building uh, to this point. <laughs> that was the point just... where I turned. That's the point oh. where I muted the TV. I just love that no one responded to him. Like, so everyone just shit. went silent until he went on to the next point. He's got no clue. Um, oh, God, that was funny. Because I'm pretty sure that other guy, I think it's Sam Durden, I'm pretty sure it was like a key forward or something. Like, he was definitely tall. So that was... I don't know how you get those couple um, confused. But, yeah, look, I've always been very high on Durden. I knew he was that pacey pressure player. And so I did see that side of his game eventually going to happen. But I was definitely pretty surprised with just how high he does end up up the ground. And it seems like it's few weeks now where the moment where we just need someone to lay a tackle where GWS have the ball in their forward 50 and it's like we need someone to come out of nowhere and it's him again which is just absolutely electric he's becoming a bit of a bit of an x-factor player for us and absolutely I almost kind of want to group the small forwards together because I almost find it harsh to judge like an always who doesn't get the goals but had the chances compared to him because like you look at the small forwards and I've got I've got the stats here for you as well we can roll through them but it's like it it's hard to just go okay Durden kicks the goal so he's the best one because everyone is doing little things to make sure that the other guy gets the plaudits it's they're almost working as a as a team for once which is uh, amazing so going through them I think the small forwards really summed up the the win for us because 12 tackles inside 50 we had for the game, which was unbelievable. And, you know, the midfield again continued to dominate. They allowed us 64 inside 50s, which Mm. you should be scoring a big score from that. Um, But it was up to those small forwards and that new look forward line to get it together and make use of those entries. And I think we did. Durden, 19 disposals, two tackles, two goals, five score involvements, 13 pressure acts. 
Then you have so always good. 15 disposals. Could have had two. Could have had three. I think missed a couple of. Should have had two of in those in that third quarter. But the five score involvement, 16 pressure acts, and and a lot of people are saying drop always after that. Where it's like I get what you're kind of going about, but he kicks those two goals, and you're saying he's one of the best plays of that game. So. For sure. And then you got Motlop, nine disposals, two tackles, one goal, 19 pressure acts. And even though he played high up the ground, I'll throw Fisher into this as well, 18 disposals, mm. four tackles, two goals in the end, six score involvements, and 10 pressure acts. So the pressure acts are through the roof. The tackles are there. The goals are there. And starting to get a, a few more touches of the footy as well, which you love to see. What about our starting small forward, Samuel Walsh, too? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, he had a couple of touches in that game. You love him popping up for a couple of snags as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really, I just want to say, I was really pleased with Motlop. I think that's everything we we expected and you know hoped that we could get from him from his first game, yeah. get the first goal on, on the board and looked pretty composed. Didn't get as much yeah. of the ball as the other two, but they're seasoned veterans now. So he'll, mm. he'll you know, he'll get there. Yeah, look, it was a perfect debut. Gets the goal. And, yeah, he looked, again, like a player that had played maybe not 50 games, but, you know, 10, 20 games. It didn't seem like Mm. the nerves were there. He was into it straight away, trying to get those tackles, and I loved what I saw from him. He had a couple of, like, almost moments where, like, almost didn't get the tackle. The ball was almost there, Uh, but plenty to love. And I'm pretty happy if we continue going those three smalls in there for the next couple of weeks because it seems to work. And if Hmm. they're all applying the pressure, even if, you know, they aren't kicking the goals, which they happen to do this week, I'm sure that what they're able to do is giving goals to other guys. You're seeing a Fisher being able to kick goals, Walsh kicking goals from the pressure. Silvani does it as well. Like everyone else seems to be getting involved off the work of this unit. And it's just so great Hmm. to see. Because we haven't seen that over the last few years. There hasn't been that forward pressure. Teams, how many times have we just seen teams, ball goes in, it's out in two seconds, and they've gone coast to coast. We're not really seeing that too much anymore, and it's because of these guys. And I'm just so impressed with what we're seeing from those small forwards. They they really stepped up when they pretty much needed to because we had nothing else this week. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. What What else caught your eye, mate? What do you want to talk about? I'd love to talk a bit about Charlie Kerno because mm. a lot were sort of saying, oh, he was given a bit of a bath in the first, you know, three quarters and then only really did stuff in the last, which I just don't think is correct. I'd love to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on that one. Did you think that he struggled early um, and then only came into the game late or did you see him um, playing well for the whole game? <sighs> I wouldn't say that he struggled, nor would I say that he got a bath. Um, I, I wouldn't have. I, I have. I know the comments that you're referring to. Some people saying that about about his mm-hmm. impact. I guess he was doing. I think he did. I think he was doing the best of of the circumstances. Because as I as I mentioned earlier, he was getting double teamed. The, the The strategy was clearly let's go go in that direction and get the ball to ground so that the smalls can do the work and and keep it in there. And mm. to that, I think he did well. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't have said that they were a great three quarters, though, because it, I think for him, it's the the hitting the scoreboard is is the number one thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I'm keen to hear your thoughts because it sounds like maybe you're a bit mm. more positive. No, I, I I do get what you're sort of saying. Obviously, he doesn't kick the goals, but I 
thought he was good for what he was trying to do because I get you sort of led me to it with the start of what you're saying where every single time the ball went in, there's two players on him. And it was just going to happen all day. It's so yeah. hard when we just don't have that second tall that can kind of alleviate it a little bit. Like GWS go into that game going, gee, if we can stop Charlie and just have a couple of guys on him, they're not going to be able to do anything. And it's up to the rest of the team to figure it out. And I just thought, knowing that that was what was going to happen, that was the game plan against him. I thought his his efforts were incredible. I thought he played a real selfless game that probably didn't get the reward mm. early. But like you know, every time the ball came in, there were two players on him. And he evened the contest every single time. He got the ball to ground. His second, third efforts to keep the ball going, I thought were just incredible. He was crashing packs, you know, just bringing the ball down to the smalls, which is what his role was to do. It was about that rather than him taking the marks for me. Or that was the mentality I was having. I wasn't expecting him to kick the six goals again. I was saying, gee, (laughs) if he can kick one or two, but allow the smalls to kick goals, we win the game. It ends up happening. Yeah, he got them late, but... I felt like it was if we were able to break GWS open a bit more, which unfortunately only did later in the game, we were going to get the better of him being able to clunk a few. And we ended up seeing that at the end. But he led the game with inside 50 tackles. He had four inside 50 tackles, which is the most in the game. And that really impressed me because not only was he crashing the packs, bringing it down, he was doing enough on the floor with the pressure as well. Got the two goals, five score involvements. 14 pressure acts. And I just thought that he was a bit of an unsung hero in the role that he was almost forced to play due to the circumstances. And I was really, really impressed with him. No, very well said. Uh, I think I've fallen into the trap of being, you know, expecting the six Mm. goal hole every week now. So yeah, you're you're spot on. He really, yeah. In the air, it was, it was, it was him. And and Soss was doing his best at times as well, but Mm. um yeah, he, he carried a heavy workload, so I'm, I'm with you. Good call. Yeah, who else uh, caught your eye? What else did you love in that win? Because oh. we could talk for three hours on going through every single player on this list, but did you have a few that really stood out? I mean, <laughs> who should I comment on? I feel like we, we talk about him every week, but we'll, we'll say Jason. Yeah. Because he, I don't know. He's, he needs to get the respect from the, the broader AFL community that it feels like he still doesn't have and it still feels like he's just someone that we love as Carlton fans. Um, it, it is just ridiculous what he does to be the guy yeah. who gets 20 disposals. He's played in the ruck against Proust, who is genuinely the biggest mammoth in the <laughs> AFL. Every time he goes off, I'm like, oh, please, like, don't. <laughs> Don't clash knees or don't like mm. don't let him pummel you here. Hundred um, percent. He does everything. Gets up the ground, takes his marks. He's finishing those goals. Both those goals are absolutely stunning. Um, he's just doing everything. Like every time he kicks a goal, this everyone loves it. Like the celebrations are always great. And yeah, just it's just good to have a, a nice, healthy JSOS back. Yeah. Look, he twenty disposals, two goals, seven score involvements, and oh, I just. I don't know yeah. what else to, to talk about with him. He just is another player that plays so well, like below his knees from what he should be doing. Like mm. not only is he strong in the mark for a guy that's not that beefy, like he's tall, but he doesn't have a lot of size to him. And still somehow he yeah. seems to be able to clunk the contested marks when he's there with his opponent. 
brings the ball to ground. His second, third, fourth, fifth efforts to keep the ball going, trying to bring it to his teammates. He just does every single thing right. Puts in a shift. Wherever you need him to play, he'll play there, and he ends up being one of your better players week in, week out. Like, yeah, I just... And then he was adding the finishing as well today. Exactly. He he brought the magic, that, you know, thing in the pocket where he ran around about three, four blokes, <sighs> ends up getting it. And then that one in the, I think it was was the last quarter where oh, sold the, the candy. candy. He needed the goal. Oh. He slots it. Like he's kicking goals. He's doing everything. He's a ruckman. Mate, if we're desperate, chuck him Seriously. down full back. I'm sure he'll be amazing there if we're desperate exactly. for, for some goals. He's just an absolute superstar and another one of these kind of role players that's mm. just exceptional. And there there was a question, not to steal this from you. I'm not too sure if you have that JSOS question up because I'd love you to ask you know it because I'll do. be searching for it. Um, ask it I'll, for me because I'll absolutely love this one. Roland Kessels. Is that the one? Yeah, that's probably the one. I know probably. Silvani has always been a great role player, but... Has Silvani become the most improved all-rounder this year? Seems to be doing most things very well. Andy met him at the Carlton shop this week and was a legend. You saw him this week. I did He's see him. He's popping up week. everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's seen JSOS. Get on the track, oh. JSOS. Not that he needs it. <laughs> uh, oh, 100%. Most improved he... all-rounder this year? He'd probably be up there, honestly, with. It's becoming like a meme from Carlton supporters being like, come on, yeah. tell us that uh, he's only in the team because of his last name. Like we've <laughs> known for years. And yeah, I think, it, you know, Roland has absolutely nailed this where he sort of started as his role play the last couple of years where it's, okay, we need him to do a bit of a job here. Now he's, he's close to like a match winner in some of the things mm. he's doing. Kicks that goal against Hawthorne. Yeah. Does what he does this week. He nailed a couple last week against Adelaide that kind of really finished that game off. Like he seems to be popping up when you need him to with a couple of goals. And they're not just your regulation set shots. He's doing some crazy things out there. He's almost, you know, Eddie Betts like in a way, even though Eddie Betts only gave him six out of 10 for that goal in the pocket, which, come on, mate, bit, bit stiff. Uh, but yeah, I genuinely think that he's starting to become. If he hasn't already, um, not only like one of our most important players, but just such an impressive player that who knows when the AFL will catch on to teams having to come in and stop him because good luck. It'll be when we're holding the Premiership Cup, I reckon, when it's too late. Um, I love the sound of that so much. I mean, I feel like we, we, should, we could touch on this guy as well just because there's a good question here from Gadding Ball, which is a good at to have on Twitter. Um, and we, we can't touch on it earlier, but Fisher seems so assured now when he takes the ball at halfback or on the wing mm. and he just makes things happen with his, with his decision-making and deadly offensive kicking. Is he our best playmaker right now? And do you think Ooh. that we're playing him in his best position? Yeah. Look, I think we are playing. Yeah. I think we are playing him in his best position. And it kind of goes from what I was talking about earlier. We're starting to really get these outside guys into the game and getting the best out of them. How many years have we been saying we've got these question mark players and Fish is one of those? Like, when are we going to see 
the best out of him. And it wasn't just the disposals, which he seems to be getting now 18 again on the weekend, but it's making the most out of them. And maybe he is the best playmaker because it seems when the ball goes through him and like an O'Brien, things happen. But Fisher's almost that one that it's not just that booming kick forward. He's, he's doing, you know, those little zigzag runs and, it's exciting. Uh, I really think that he is one of those X-Factor players that we're finally seeing what it is. And maybe it's just the fact that he's finally developed and he's played enough games. He's that age where it's starting to kick in. But mm. I think a lot honestly has to be said of just this coaching group on how many players going into this yeah. season, question marks over, what are their best positions? Are they best 22? Are they actually good? Or are we going to yeah. see them... No offense, another drive-by, almost a couple of weeks in a row, but you know, an SPS where you <laughs> you want so much and then you you end up having to you know trade him for a you know packet of chips in the end. You get nothing and he doesn't yep. kick on at another club. Like you you hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so far, it, it's plenty of ticks from this coaching group and what they've been able to do. Is is Fisher that playmaker for you now? Shout out to SPS for 100 games on the weekend and number two drive by the year. I probably, it probably won't probably won't be the last. Um, it's another now. weekly segment. I've got to kind of shoehorn it into something, I think, and we'll come back and we'll replay them all at the end of the season, the big, uh, big old montage. Yeah. We need to start making these more official, start adding some of these segments to your run sheet. But, yeah, no, I, I think we probably said all this stuff last week with how Fisher's game was. It just mm. feels like it's all coming together for him and we want the ball in his hands. And oh, one of my favourite parts of the game, which was that, that bullet that he that bullet forty five that he oh. bit off to Sard, you know the one that I'm talking about. It's like yeah, just he's just got the balls to go for that mm. kick and then nail it. And when we are doing things like that, it just sets up our offense so well. So yeah, love it. Mm. And yeah, he was another one of those players that, like your small forwards, like your J Sauce, when we knew the forward line wasn't going to maybe work like it had normally with Harry and those mm. guys in there we needed goals from these fringe forwards, like the, those high half forwards. Knowing Jack Martin wasn't there as well, it was like we need a, a couple from him, a couple from JSOS, and they all stood up and played their roles perfectly. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Exactly right. Um, did you have some other players you wanted to talk about or, or we could get into questions? I'll, I'll quickly kind of just like run through a couple really, really quickly. I don't think it Do needs... It. A lot of discussion until we maybe get to the votes, but it was kind of just the cool. whole midfield really stood up when we needed them to in that second half. Like they came out strong. GWS get the ascendancy. We had two quarters where we needed Carlton to step up. I thought they were absolutely incredible. Um, and a bit surprising, Chera was actually the one who led the tackles with seven, and he also mm. led pressure acts with 23, which you probably wouldn't expect going into that game, which I was quite impressed with. It seems like the whole midfield, each week they're kind of playing different roles. Like Walsh was the one that was back to his best, impacting with his possessions, which has been something that's been touched on a little bit. And then Chera plays yep. the defensive tackle role this week, and I just thought it's so cool to see our midfield do different things week in, week out. And probably the big stat that shows that was we actually lost center clearances this week, which has been our one wood. Um, We lost that 11 till 15, but we won the stoppage clearances, which is something we'd struggled against. I remember in that sort Mm. of court and, and Hawthorne game in particular, 
which we won uh, 25 to 13. So we won in a different fashion and other players were doing things that we maybe haven't seen or expected. Yeah, no, fantastic call. Chez was definitely one that stood out for me, especially, like you said, with a bit of a different role. And, uh, I mean, Hewitt as well, I just we yeah. have to say his name because he is just old reliable now. Like he's just going to get it done for 25-plus every week. And and being that that handball guy that is going to set up mm. those outside the outside runners. So it's just such a great mix that we've got in there mm. right now. And like I said earlier, I thought Cripps was still good, but not peak Cripps. Um, yeah. And which means it's just an opportunity for others to step up. Yeah, to do it without, you know, having Cripps get his ridiculous disposals and, you know, four goals a week. It's good to see that everyone else yeah. can sort of stand up. Um, and big congrats as well to Matty Kennedy signing the uh, contract extension. Oh, who definitely incredibly well-deserved and I thought he was another key part on that game. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to jump into some fan questions if you are. My, one of my favorite questions we've gotten. Ever from very hoodish is because uh, this could start some discussion. Is this the best win that we've had in the last 10 years? It's a massive yes for them. Backs against the wall and so much against us. And we got it done like a good team because we are a good team. I love I love that little end. What do you think? Are there, there, is there some more? Is there like a more pivotal game that kind of sticks in your head or? Are we kind of, you know, are we underselling how kind of important and, and good this win was? Gee, I don't know if it's the best, but even you see us say that, and I can't recall many. Um, there probably wasn't many, to be honest, in the past 10 years. But it's yeah. kind of that thing where you look at the the good wins when we were, you know, real lower on the ladder for during the rebuild and you might get a good win like we did against GWS at Marvel. Can't remember what year it was, 2016, 17. But yeah, another one you mean. Yeah. Like that didn't lead to anything. So it was just kind of like a good win in isolation. Whereas I can definitely see why people are calling this our best win because it's what we've built to in this season so far, knocking off, you know, that I think it was, it might have been David King that mentioned it about how. Mm. Kind of what Vossi said in his press conference is similar to what Goodwin was saying with Melbourne about building confidence and where you just start ticking off all those things you haven't done in 10 years and mm. it just starts building the club forward. And like we knocked over Richmond, which we hadn't done. And that was such a pivotal one. But then to do it in this fashion where our injury list is actually disgusting. Like when you genuinely think it about is. all the, the key players we have out, we don't have our number one Ruckman. We don't have our number one Coleman, reigning Coleman medalist <laughs> forward. We don't uh-huh. have our exciting X Factor, you know, half forward forward in Jack Martin. Don't have any of your key defenders, whether you want to throw Lewis Young, McDonald, McGovern, Marchbank. Don't have the third mm-hmm. tall because you've got no one else. You're having to throw in a Kemp who's played, what, three games to be the second tall. You lose Zach Williams, which. Um, someone tweeted saying that apparently we've lost in our three interstate games this season. We've had to activate the sub due to an injury in like the first 15 minutes or something in every mm, single game. Good call. It's like at least good the first call. quarter, which is insane to think about. But how many outs have we had and how many issues have we had with this team? And to then cop 
the reverse side where you think they're going to GWS are going to play with a bit more emotion with Leon Cameron's last game mm-hmm. for us to go out there and win this. It's definitely surely if, if the players weren't believing, if they weren't buying in, if they were having any doubts, this will just surely in any moment that comes when you have to dig deep, you can go back to this well and go, look what we just did. We haven't been able to do this in any other season. And that's what mm. I just can't believe. And we go back to it so many times in this episode of, you know, in last season, the year before, 10 years before that, we're not winning this game of football. No. And we've managed to do it by 30 points. And it, it could have been and probably should have been a lot more. Well, I think you nailed it. I think you're right. There was only you're one welcome. game that came to mind for me that was like this. Because like you said, like a big kind of pivotal game that sets you up for something and, and a game that you can refer back to. I felt like that in Teague's first win um, against mm. Brisbane. Um, yeah. That game at Marvel where, where Crips, and, Crips went crazy and Charlie was back and and everything. That felt like a, a kind of a turning point. And yeah. it turns out that it, it not wasn't necessarily um, in the long run. But, yeah. Uh, look, this is definitely up there. Definitely up there. Would have been mm. good if we were there. The ones where we were there, yeah. like Essendon last year and Richmond in round one, they stick out. But mm. yeah, would have been good to get up there. Yeah, I think probably like the only other one I can think of, which if we had gone on, it probably would have been, was that I think, yeah, it does count. 2012 when we absolutely pumped the pies and then oh, coming yeah. off, you know, grand final. It's like, well, that's the big win. You, you've, mm. you've, you're now flag favorites. Obviously, you fall off, and then that doesn't become the win it probably should be. But I think backs to the wall, the performance that we got out of every single individual this this week, it, it, it's definitely up there. Um, got a good question here from Timmy Dub. He was probably due for a good question. Feels like no nah, man. Unlike him, yeah, he's actually got a good one this week for a change. No, but he said. And I, look, I don't know if you're going to have a good answer for this, but so I'll throw you under the bus with it. If you could Thank pick you. one player who epitomizes the growth of our club this year, who would it be? Such a freaking good question. And so Ooh, many names come good. to mind, but mm. it's like who epitomizes it the most? That is so tough. There's definitely a lot of players that could be. If I'm biased and just going off like two weeks of football, it's mm. like a Lockie Plowman where you're getting like the guy that everyone hates comes up and plays a couple of good games of football. But I feel like that there there isn't enough sample size for me to come out and say that that's 100% it. It's probably not the right answer, but I, so again, let us know, tweet at us, let us know in the comments. This is, this is the time I just remembered um, to get some interaction with you guys. So apologies. (laughs) Um, it's but, not just us, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. But <laughs> it's it's probably I'm gonna say it's Zach Fisher because nice. he was like the poster child of my term, the question mark players of so true. There's so much promise. You need them to lock in a position. Are they small forward, half forward? Are they even are they gonna be there on the list in the next two years? Like genuinely, that's the question we kind of had which was maybe a little bit harsh, but if you're being realistic, it was like, well, what has he done over the past three years? And there yeah. wasn't a lot. There are little glimpses, but you need a bit more consistency. And now that we're getting the best out of him and those outside players, I think that that growth where it doesn't seem like he's just, 
an inconsistent flair player, it feels like he's important to the way we play. And I think that that's mm. a really big thing. Um, any guys come yeah. come to mind? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. That's uh, that's the approach that I took as well. And I thought of him. Um, but I'm, I've settled with Charlie because, again, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like through the off season, we just had so many questions all across the field in terms of personnel and in terms of what we we're going to get from Voss. And and he was mm-hmm. one where it was like we saw him for a couple of games at the end of last season and we're like, we have no idea what we're going to get here. We know the potential and we think mm-hmm. we know what the ceiling could be. Um, and, yeah, we, he just mm-hmm. we just did. I just don't think we saw this coming, that he was going to be able to do this over the first nine weeks of the mm-hmm. season um, and be in career best form, in, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and yeah, like, and, and just the heart and soul of him, the way that he celebrated all the goals over the weekend, even when it wasn't him kicking them, you know, he's, he's the first one to get the dock, the first one to get to sauce. Like you could just tell how much like he is a favorite amongst the club and just how important he is to us. Wow. That's a really good answer. Um, I absolutely love that. So yeah, let us know in the comments of this one, who, whose growth has really, you know, epitomized the, uh, the growth of this football club so far because yeah. there's been a lot of positives and uh, I think that's a really good question and I hopefully we can get some answers for that one. Um, yep. Any other questions you got for us? We've got uh, a few more here which will kind of lead into our changes discussion. I know we still have to do the votes, um, but I'll, I'll just throw these out here now. So we've got Anthony, Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf Ant, asking about playing Murkov. I know he's young, but given Harry's out, I think giving Murkov in gives another option going forward, uh, which is interesting. Um, Jace Smith, can we persist with Nunes in the back line? Did well and did play there for the Saints. Mm. So that's something that we can talk about as well because we're going to have to look at obviously replacing Zach. And then I love this question from Tom Wavy because he's given me a shout out here. In my opinion, Cottrell has been excellent these last couple of weeks. Is it time to revise our opinion on him and bring him in? which we talked about that earlier, or do we stick with my rule and not make changes after a win? Great call, Tom. That is my rule, and I'm going to break my rule when we do when we do talk changes. So you can have a think about all of that um, or if you want to comment on them now, but yeah. I love, I love you getting a shout-out, and I just hope that that is a – in that world, you can see – um, you making a change this week. That's what I'm very excited for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, they're all they're all really good things. And and I've I've struggled this week really to try and make my available best 22 that I'm bringing out next week because at the yeah. moment there's I think like four or so guys that are missing out that you could easily make a case for all of them being in. And I feel like anyone that does get dropped from this game is incredibly harsh because I think they've all sort of done well over the last couple of weeks. And I think touching on Nunes, it's interesting. Like I said he should retire, I think like two weeks ago or however long when we played against Freo. And now he's playing some good footy. So maybe I should tell someone else and they'll become an absolute superstar. Uh, (laughs) Who's it going to be? Who do you want me to give the rev up to? Uh, No one in the current team needs it. Maybe someone in the team. (laughs) I'm not sure... I love him like playing on the halfback, but yeah. I mean, it's an option that is serviceable. 
But I just feel like halfbacks is something we weirdly have so many of that I'd probably rather shift some other things around rather than just persisting with that, even though he has played that in the past. Um, yep. And what was the other player? Sorry, my memory has uh, completely the, gone there. The other one was Matty, Matty C. Ah, Does he come in yes, and, and not get the sub treatment a third week in a ah. row? I think it's. I think it's, it lasts two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Look, to spoil my changes, he's not in my team, which I think is incredibly stiff. He'll be the sub for me. Uh, I just don't know who you can drop to bring him in, which is the hardest thing for me at this stage. But I, I would love to see a world where uh, Cottrell comes in because <laughs> he deserves it. Like he, deser- he deserves a run after those two performances. And I, I love us kind of rewarding that. Uh, I just, I'm not too sure who comes out. And as far as the Murkov Fair. chat, I think it's going to keep happening for a while while we still have these injuries and we need an extra tall. But now that TDK has almost stepped up beyond what I thought he was maybe capable of at this stage in his development, I'm pretty happy to continue him and Jasos and maybe a young in there. Like we even saw that was highlighted, Cripper, the center bounce happened. There was a stoppage. And then Cripper just signals to TDK, Get in the forward line, I'll take the ruck. And then we ended up <laughs> winning the clearance and he ends up almost taking a mark in the goal square. And it was a couple of little smart things that we were starting to do, which maybe shows you that mm-hmm. we're starting to be a bit smarter on field and our coaches as well helping that. But there's a couple of little interesting things we could do. But I just I don't I haven't seen enough of Murkov that I'm hundred percent decided on yes, you're ready to play. His hit mm-hmm. out work is really good. But then struggled in that last quarter where we what conceded like ten or something goals and lost the game in a quarter. Uh, so and I just yeah, I just, I'm just not sure we can cover the ground just well yet. And there's probably a couple of other players I'd maybe rather bring in, shift things around rather than Murkov. Just let him develop, and I'm sure yeah. he'll get there eventually. What are your thoughts Compl- on those few guys coming in or changing positions? I completely agree with Murkov. I think it's very much break glass in case of emergency yes. and hopefully we won't have to but gee i can see a world where maybe there's a week <laughs> or something that we have to if i don't know you never know what's going to happen tdk knocks bloody tom hickey's head off this week and gets a week <laughs> oh, or something oh no um you never know we'll see if that comes to fruition i don't really think that tdk has got that in him um <laughs> yeah the others are interesting uh, i'll save it for our our changes chat because it sounds like we're going to have some differences Okay, cool. Um, were there any last questions before we move on to the votes? To the votes. Beautiful. So, fan votes, I tailored them up for you, and G1 player was incredibly stiff here. Missed out on the one vote by one vote from you guys. You hate to say uh, that. Fortunately, Corey Durden misses out on polling a vote in this one by one. Uh, the one goes to, gee, I've said the word one about a million times already, so I apologize. I feel like I'm going insane. Uh, it was who Jacob Wiedering who, who gets the uh, the vote there, the singular vote. Uh, mm. Who gets two? It is, of course, Jack Silvani, who, who played incredibly well. We've touched on him. And then Walshy gets your three. And we probably haven't touched on maybe Walsh enough, which I think we will when we both do our votes. But uh, Weedering as well, who I thought was a big rock down back. And apart from giving away the free kick, I think he did everything perfectly well. And knowing we were undersized down back, insane performance from him. 
I agree, and I've I've done a big snub of of Jacob in mine, um, and I'm with you. I I said the exact same thing. I'm like that is the that's the one blemish that he's had all day today was mm. that one thing, and you know, you know, we'll say whether it was his fault or not. But I, I went, I, I did give Dirds the one vote. Um, yep. I thought he well and truly earned that as his first vote of the season from me. Um, I've gone two for Doc because yeah. Like Jacob, I thought that one kick uh, about a meter over Sadi's head was the one thing that he did wrong the entire day, and I thought he was brilliant outside of that. And it's so hard to get past that goal, which was one of our best goals of the season so far. From the bloody center square, that was Dumb. unbelievable. And then, how good was that? We not we need to touch on this. How good was that celebration? Charlie Kerno comes how? in, ends up on the floor somehow. How did after that happen? That. Oh. The- the passion that these boys have for Doc is just amazing. Because I tell you, if I was out there, if I had the privilege of playing and Doc kicks anything, I'm sprinting over there and we'll get we'll concede a free kick from the 666 because I'm hanging on to Doc still giving him a big <laughs> hug after that. So I just love the reaction um, that the boys just absolutely get around him because he deserves it. And then even particularly for that goal, how he kicked oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it didn't even like bounce through. It sailed through. I just... I yeah, yeah. The commentator was like, the goal square's open. Doesn't need it, mate. <laughs> no. Doesn't need it. Woken um, Road yeah. Team's got that one. <laughs> Definitely could have had Doc for our um, Timmy Dubs epitomizes question as well. Mm, so that's true for two. And then, yeah, Walshy three. We've probably talked about Walsh like, I don't know, three times this season. And yet he's like, you know, in the loosely in the Brownlow hunt. So he's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Similar but different for once, which is nice. I gave the one like to Silvani. Um, I gave the two to Durden just nice. because I felt that the small forwards going in was the big thing I wanted to see. That was where I thought the game was going to be won. And his performance was the best out of them. Every time he got near the mm. ball, it looked like he was going to somehow conjure up a goal. And he did a few, fair few times as well. Um, and then, of course, Sam Walsh. I mean, 31 disposals, two goals. Of course. 87% efficiency, eight score involvements. We've been talking about how, you know, he started a bit slow coming back from that injury, which we kind of expected. And then he started to get heaps of possessions, which was really good, but it felt like the impact wasn't there from what we saw last year. And this was that big sort of change. And maybe there was that part of, I don't think Cripper played bad, but we weren't getting that extra level out of Cripper that Walsh was like, it's going to be me today. And like there mm-hmm. was one passage of, pl- passage of play. Can't remember the quarter, so apologies. Um, probably people might not even remember it. It was so <laughs> insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but it really you know stuck out to me where the ball was there to be won in the back line of like GWS forward line. And all of a sudden he sprints faster than anyone. It was his ball to be won. He gets it. And then, just keeps going away from the contest, gets us like a couple of meters and then just gets the ball away. And it was like, we just needed someone in that contest to win the ball. Otherwise GWS was scoring and he Mm. stood up. And I think that absolutely just summed up his game where we needed someone in that midfield to go to that next level. And he did it. And him being that electric in that first quarter, kicking those goals, love to see it. But I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get a very big uh, celebration from him because he's normally good at those. Mm. I thought they were a little bit tame this Point. week. So I want some something more from you, Walshie. 
He, it's been a little while, so maybe he's just a little bit rusty. Um, <laughs> but you would have thought, considering it's been so long between goals, that yeah, he's like got he a plan. Planning <laughs> exactly. So, hmm. Oh well, we'll see. Hundred percent. So now we'll get into the uh, the Sydney build up because this is yes. this is another another test. We like to say that, um, but it's another team that. I mean, we've beaten them a few times in the last few years, but it hmm. feels like they're they're a team that we don't always play well against. We've got them in Marvel, which is our our ground. It seems like this year, uh, they're sitting one game behind us, you know, fifth on the ladder. It's a great test against a top eight team. We haven't played many. We are one and one against top eight teams, beating Richmond, but losing to Frio. So this is kind of that moment where we get a team somewhat on our terms being our home game. How do you think it's going to play out? Because <laughs> Sydney, they're a very good team. You've now seen how we can play without Harry in that forward line. Are you, are you pretty confident with this one or are you – Nervous. <laughs> you know that I'm confident. We sat here last week and said we hope that we can go <laughs> one and one from these two games. So it feels good to get that one out of the way. But I am still, I'm still expecting that we're going to be able to win this one. Um, I didn't actually yep. catch <clears throat> any of their thrashing of the bombers, even though it was probably an enjoyable viewing experience for people like us. <laughs> I'm not sure if you caught any of it, but yeah, look, uh, just, I think just saw Luke Parker. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we love that. Yeah. Love we'll, it. We'll, we'll be looking to shut him up this week, which will be good. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a big test, obviously. A, a bigger test, I should say, I think, than than the Giants mm. in terms of the quality of the opposition. And yeah, look, I'm not sure. I'm not even too sure what to expect. Obviously, yeah. the, the, the McCartan's back there. Um, I'm probably going to give Kerno similar treatment if we can't, you know, mm. Uh, move the pieces around with, with Young coming back. And obviously, they've got a, a strong up-and-coming midfield similar to us uh, with some older heads in there as well. So, mm. yeah. Are you you know, are you know, feeling more confident than going into the Giants game, for instance? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I think I'm more confident on the trust that I have in the players. Um, but mm. it's weird. I'm just... I don't think I'm nervous or necessarily confident. I'm just like excited to see us play this game because Me too. we haven't really played a lot of these top teams. And now that we've got this run of confidence off the back of this week, and you could see it in the celebration um, in the huddle that that meant something to them that we were able to overcome the Giants under the circumstances that we're walking a little bit taller. We know what we have to bring. We're not getting ahead of ourselves at all. So, yeah, maybe mm. I am super confident that we can go out there and play our best footy because when we play our best, we win. And, yeah, Sydney, I'm not they're, – they're a good team, but I'm also not convinced with them just yet. Same, I think that they're, they're a bit similar to us where, you know, they have little issues. But I think if you're putting best v best, I think ours is better. Um, so hopefully we can get – the best out of these fringe players out of that bottom six and we'll definitely get the get the chocolate. So <laughs> yeah. changes. It's the big thing. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but who are you bringing in and who makes way? Because the, the Cottrell chat um, is probably the big one about can you can you fit him in? 
I think I'm going to. I might annoy you here because I'm going to. I'm going to be going against some of the things that you spoke about earlier. Um, and I, I am thinking of breaking my rule if he's fit. So I think for me, I definitely would be bringing Young in. Obviously, um, yeah. after the health and safety, straight back in, and, and we'll we'll call that for Williams because that's like Williams has to go out. Okay. Young has to come back in. Um, but that leaves us a little bit deficient in our in our halfback stocks. So speaking of stocks. If he's healthy, uh, which it looks like he should be, is that your understanding? It, it seems yeah, like he they, was a test to play this game. Yeah, look, I mean, who knows with the injury reports, but they said he was a test, so you would assume he would be good to go. So let's say let's uh, uh, we'll we'll double edge this. I'll get to it, but let's mm. say for now uh, he's good to go. Who is who is coming out? Oh, I'm nervous to say it. Do, do you know who? Have a guess who you think it is. Who you're gonna get rid of? Yeah, is it Jack Carroll? It's. I think it's Matt Owies. Even though okay. I was, Ooh, okay. I was pleased. I was pleased with his effort on the weekend. I think he, he's been kind of the we, the weaker out of him and Dirds over the past month, and maybe for this season. And while I did like the combination of those three smalls, mm. I think if if we're looking to get the win this week, I think getting Stocker in is big. And if we can then bring Young in and swing Kemp forward to yeah. have Kerno, Kemp, and Sauce, Dirds, Motlop, and call it Fish or, or Walsh, whoever they're going to start there, I think that's strong. And then the yeah. third thing, just to round out me, I Ooh, would another change. To Cot- I want to see Cottrell come in for the full game Cottrell. and give Jack Nunes the sub because I, Ooh, I, I see them as cool. very similar, playing a very similar role. I think Cottrell has earned the ability to get a full game here. And I think it, it won't hurt Nunes to do the same thing. You know, if he has to come on early on in the game as, as Cottrell did, then great. He'll still get that same opportunity. But at this point, I wouldn't want to see both of them. Um, and I also wouldn't want to see Cottrell have a third week as the sub. Yeah. I think that's, you know, you know. So, yeah, there you go. I've broken yeah. my rule. <laughs> I like to see it. I like to see it. Honestly, all changes make a lot of sense. I was the same where... Stocker was straight in if fit. And I, I think that a couple of people were asking um, sort of who who can come in for Williams. And I just think it's a straight swap for him. I think Stocker yeah. comes straight in. He's that halfback. And whether he plays that more running role or you can make him a bit more defensive and make Newman play that running role, I think we sure. have enough guys there that have enough strengths to make it work. It's a big loss and it's – yeah. At least the good news is it's not the Achilles, which is what we all kind of thought it was. I think it was mm. almost laughed at when there was that news saying that Carlton said, "Oh, it's just the uh oh, it's just the so calf." Bad. And we're like, "Mate, it's not." But it, it looks like it is, and they said sort of 10 to 12 weeks, which is gee, a long time. It's got to be out. um but yeah, I think Stock is the easier replacement there. And then this was harsh cuz I think for me Kemp Don't goes forward it. just so you yeah. have a tall. Um, Cottrell doesn't come in for me, but you did mention the Nunes thing, and I don't mind that, actually. I think I can definitely be talked into that where you reward the guy. It's stiff for Nunes, but maybe it goes down to what we were kind of talking about where as much as you know, Nunes has been really good, but he, he's always that player for us where I think both of us are 
I want to see someone go past him, and maybe that's where mm-hmm. you reward someone for doing that. Um, yeah. But gee, it's going to be hard to drop Nunes after his performances. He's been, of course, pretty good for us. Um, which I is agree. where this is stiff because you've almost talked me into switching this to always, <laughs> and maybe that's the smart option, giving you've bought a tall in there. But it's almost like nervous. the newest one to kind of come in that I'm not sure if he fits. Um, and maybe it's harsh, but at the moment I've got Young coming in, Carol coming out, which I don't love. I hate saying it, but uh, I'm kind of like looking at this forward line and how we're playing it and yeah. going, well, I want the small pressure. He isn't necessarily that, even though he can tackle. And yeah, I'm just not exactly sure where his role fits, but I mean, the coaches know better than me and they probably are like, he does this, so he's staying and we'll, we'll move someone else. But yeah, at the moment, Fair that's enough. my changes. Um, just because you're yeah, kind of one of the last to come in, so he comes out. But it's very stiff because, yeah, I think I want my seven in the back um, still down there with those rotations, and I like the three smalls. Uh, but let us know yeah. your changes in the comments very because fair. it's a very hard week to do it, um, and, and we'd love to hear them. But I think the question I have to follow up is if Stocker isn't fit, if he's, if he's not good to go, hmm. do you bring in anyone? Hmm. Yeah, so I guess that would probably mean... It's always stay. I guess it probably does mean that, yeah. And maybe it means, yeah, a little bit more backline time for, say, Cottrell in in my Mm. circumstance or, you know, yeah. I don't love Mm. that, but... Or maybe it means that, yeah, I don't know. Camp doesn't maybe plays a bit more of a hybrid role back and forth. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for mm-hmm. that. But you're you're spot on that. That's uh, a, definitely a possibility that Stocker they give him one more week to make sure mm-hmm. he's okay. Because I'm pretty happy to bring Boyd in personally. I thought he True. was a bit stiff to get dropped in the first place, um, but. I had to get Plowman in. He's a must in. Yeah. Oh, well, has to after he's in, you know, career. <laughs> he's potentially going to be all Australian form by the end of next week. But I, I'm i very buying into this next man up in positions. And you want a halfback. You want someone that can move the ball. If it's not going to be Stocker, then I think Boyd's that next one. So he comes in for me and I'm pretty happy with that. I think Good he's call. got the dash and yeah, he, he was super impressive in... Um, I think it was the Adelaide game. I can't remember. Yeah, the Adelaide game. Uh, they're all blend into one at the moment in my head. Oh. Um, but, yeah, he was really good in that one. So, I'm not upset if that is the case. Um, couple things before we round this one off. I had about four sheets um, in my <sighs> Google Sheets for this run sheet. So, I, oh, I said sheet about 12 times there. <laughs> sheet and one. This is killing me today. Um, <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh goodness me! While you um, while you gather yourself, I'll say <laughs> some breaking news: Corey Durden, Rising Star nomination. You love to see. Oh, congrats! That's unreal. I I thought he was so going to get snubbed because that's just the <laughs> AFL way of doing things these days. So that is no. beautiful to see. Well done, Corey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a very long, I had a very long run sheet. <laughs> it was four pages long. So I thought that this one was going to go for about three hours and it's it's gone long, but not as long as I expected. Um, but there are still a couple of things I have left and I've written them down, so we're going to talk about them. Um, <laughs> the Dow Good. Chatter. It was mm. hot when the selection came around last week. 
where are you sitting with this? You, you touched on it a bit earlier on, but the fans are very unhappy that he's not get being named. There's this talk about all these other teams being interested and Carlton fans don't want to lose him. And we're saying we've got to bring Dow and we've got to reward the form or he's going to go to another team. Where are you sitting with it all? I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. Oh, did we talk about this at all last week? Do you remember? I, I feel like we touched on it at the end and we're both like, uh, do an, have another couple of weeks. But then yeah. we had the we didn't know the VFL team had the buy, which uh <laughs> Yes. Has not I been ideal. I, I had a, a small rant prepared, I think, for last week, where I was like, if we if we get on to talking about Dow, I'll have a bit of a go. Um and I don't Here have that go. energy. I don't know, oh. I don't have that energy in me this week. This isn't gonna be an, an Ian Snopset. <laughs> um, rant. Um, the thing, the thing for me here, and oh, I had some. Oh, maybe this is going to be mid-season because I had some. I had like hypotheticals that I was going to throw at you and everything, like end of season stuff. The thing for me is, I think sometimes we look at the stats after these VFL games, and even and some people watching it and seeing how he goes, and we're taking far too much into that. We've seen this precedent before of performances in VFL and how they do. It is not a direct correlation between how you perform at AFL level. Mm. Yeah, what we know of Dow, we 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 think we know what role he is going to play, and that is going to be in the midfield. He is going to be at the center bounces. He's yeah. going to be distributing the ball out. We saw Matt Kennedy have his, you know, reminisce during the week about his 50 games and and how Vossi told him there's going to be two inside mids in our best 22. And he's like, well, then maybe I'll be a half forward then because <laughs> we we already know who those uh, those two are. And now there's three in there. So unless one of them is going out, I really don't care how much he's tearing up the twos because he is our number one option in the VFL and <laughs> At best, he is our fourth best in that midfield. You could argue yep. that, but I'd, I'd probably say fifth more likely. Yeah. So you, you can play him out of position. Great. That's the thing that we've hated for years when the club does that. Or like I just don't see that option there um, barring yeah. injury. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, look. I agree with you. I think that he was pretty stiff not to come in when Hewitt missed and I think Kennedy missed as well. Like we had a couple of midfielders out and he had a bit of form and pretty stiff for us to not bring in a midfielder. Uh, That was probably the chance for me and I'm not too sure why they didn't give him the opportunity. They moved the magnets around in other areas. But now, I mean, you've got Cripps, unbelievable. Walsh, unbelievable. Hewitt, great. Chera's classy and then Kennedy is just going about his his work so beautifully that you can't really mm-hmm. drop him like I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I think the next evolution is maybe a Kennedy type out and then bringing in someone that maybe can do a Dude. bit more outside burst and I still think that that is maybe the area to go and it's the hard thing where you talk about you know Vossi saying there's only a couple inside midfielders things and it's right and, and what is that balance but the moment our best thing is that midfield. So why bother touching it? And unfortunately, you can't then bring in another midfielder because we've got no spot. And I don't want to be harsh. Maybe this is a conversation that needs to be really spoken about in depth at the mid-season. But mm. if we end up if we end up losing a Dow because 
he can't break in because everyone else is performing and he wants game time elsewhere and he becomes a star somewhere else. But we're still winning games because he couldn't get into our team. Exactly. Like, I don't mind. And it's the hard thing. It's the hard balance. And he's still got a year on his contract for next season. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for him. Someone's bound to get injured. We've had enough. We have so many injuries this time this year. There's probably going to be another one. I hope there isn't. And I'm touching all the wood in this room possible. Mm. But I'm sure he's going to get a chance at some stage. He just needs to keep playing good footy in the twos and he'll get an opportunity. I have no doubt about that. And then whether he does mm. take it or not, that's up to him. I hope he does come in and he forces someone out because that just means we're, we're a better football team. But I'm not as upset as the rest of the Carlton community on a, a Paddy Dow not getting a game at the moment because who are you dropping? And if you can, mm. if you can, if you're very big on Paddy Dow and you have the answers, let me know because I'd love to know. Oh, that's it. Wait, what you're thinking because I, I don't see it. So I really want to get your thoughts and <laughs> and actually, you know, converse about this in the comments because there's obviously a reason everyone really wants to see it, and I'd just love to love to hear your reasoning. That's exactly what I was just going to say because you and I both don't really engage uh, on social media too much. Like we don't we don't snap back at people when there's comments <laughs> like that. Not on our stuff, but on you know on the Carlton page or whatever. And it makes me think. It makes me want to, and it makes me want to want to ask. Give me give me the reasoning and talk me through it because I genuinely want to understand what these people think. Mm. Is it playing him out of position. And if that's if that's your opinion that get him into the side and play him off half forward to give him a go and you and you that's your reasoning then sure that's great. But yeah, I just don't agree that that's the right way to do things mm. right now. Or if it's if it's moving Hewitt to half back so that you can give him a go in the midfield. Mm. Well, th- there may be arguments to be made for that, but I also don't agree that that's going to be the way for us to win games. Mm. And 100% like we're not Correct. Like there is not necessarily a correct answer. It's all just opinions, which is lovely. And we would love to hear yours, particularly on the Dow dilemma, if that's what you want to call it, because it's a big one. And it's probably going to be one of those little underlying stories for the season if we keep playing good footy and he just can't break into the team. So it's going to be an interesting one. Last thing I want to touch on, bit of a maybe a negative-ish one. Um, But it's it's another one of these stories that social media get riled up about. I got a little bit riled up about a couple of weeks ago. It's obviously injuries. We've got a lot of them. Now, (laughs) do you have much of a take on Zach Williams doing the calf that he's had some issues with? He's had some Achilles tightness, missed the game, played when maybe he should, maybe he shouldn't, and then he gets this long-term one. We've had the setback of McGovern in rehab. All of a sudden, his hamstring's gone. He's got surgery. We're getting, you know, all of a sudden a random injury with, um, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten his name. This is horrendous. Um, my goodness. Lukey Parks, oh, G, there you go. Oh, Couldn't yeah, yeah. His name. He that gets the stress, stress fracture in his foot. Like all these weird little injuries. We don't know what's going on with McDonald. Uh, there seems to be a weird trend with some of these people getting injured in rehab. It's injuries that we know are kind of there. Do you have much of a take on this? I and the medical don't. team as a as a whole. I don't. I actually thought you were going a different way. I thought you were going to be talking about Ralphie, and I don't know if you were listening to him <laughs> talk after the game. Like, 
I thought he was being quite disrespectful about, you know, what we were saying about the the injury. I thought you were going down that route. But no, in terms of actually the injuries and uh, the volume and the way that they're happening, I don't actually have an opinion at all. But I'm, I'm keen to hear your what you how you're feeling about it. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit frustrated. I think every Carlton supporter is. I maybe not. I don't know. In the in the time, like my first thing was just like he's had that issue before. Like surely you could have stopped this. And it's the same thing with like Harry to a, to a you know degree had that knee issue in the Frio game. Continues to play now. All of a sudden, it's torn. Now maybe and again like. Who am I to question the medical team with no medical? I'm I can't do science. I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. So it's like, who am I to come out and say you're managing him wrong? He had that injury the first time in that Frio game. You misdiagnosed him. You kept playing him, and now he's done it worse. But mm. in saying that, I might. I might. Um, but it's when you when you see like a player have a bit of an injury issue, and then a few weeks later, he does that same, like he has a sore knee, two weeks later, he's out for six weeks with that knee. Same thing with with Williams, has a bit of a calf issue, has an Achilles issue, plays, now he's out for 12 weeks. And it seems like this is a bit of a trend now where it keeps kind of happening and maybe Mm. it's just bad luck. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe the medical team are going like, you are fine to play. Every club in the AFL would tick that off and say, you've got a bit of a niggle, but you're all good. And then they're just bad luck. Something happens. Maybe there is an issue. And I don't want to just throw this to Andrew Russell because there's a whole medical team. Like he is the strength and conditioning guy, but there are other people that are helping make his decisions. So I don't know. I'm not as harsh as I think a lot of people out there that are just going, this guy needs to get sacked. This is another injury, but it's definitely something I feel like needs to be. If it's not getting looked at internally, like if they're not trying to have a mm. look and just saying, is this an issue? I'd be a little bit concerned because like how many of these little injuries have we, have we had now? Mm. Yeah, no fair. And, and to your point, I think if, uh, if I was saying things out there like r- reputable medical professionals, explaining yeah. explaining why you know why he shouldn't have been playing or you know kind mm. of going you get you know what i'm getting at yeah like if, if it wasn't just i guess like you say like the the nuffies on social saying it and there was actually some substance behind it then it would make me question it more but like you said it's it just has to be something that they it's got to be something that they know about and are looking into and they're constantly like Get mm. seeking advice externally and 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 all of that. So, yeah. Mm. Until I start saying that, then I'd be a bit concerned. But I mean, like you said, it's it's obviously concerning. Uh, it's mm. it's not good that we have played the second most players of any club this season. Yeah, um, that's not good. Um, but yeah, and and, yeah, and you said it's, you said it's a trend, and it's not just this season. Like it's yeah, it's been for uh, some time. And you seem like playing Paddy Cripps through injuries. But he clearly wasn't physically fit because you're seeing what he's doing this year. And but then on the flip yeah. side, you've got, you know, what they've been able to do to get Marchbank back twice. The ACLs just unlucky. Then mm. you've got what they've been able to do with Charlie Kerno. So there's it's positives and yeah. negatives. It's so it's a weird one. It's something that I just wanted to bring up because I, I thought it was a, a good talking point. But yeah, like I would like to think that it's 
coincidental because everyone plays injured. Like so many AFL players, you hear them talk and they're like, yeah, we had this issue, this issue. And you just you play through them because that's just what you do as a footballer. But I hope that there is enough due diligence happening. Um, yeah. But it just seems interesting that these things just keep seeming to happen. And I hope it's I hope it's just bad luck and there isn't anything more sinister behind the, the doors. Yeah. No, with all the faith that I've put into this club uh, in so many different areas this year, I'll, I'll have faith I can turn that around. But it's a fair call out. Yeah. So, look, that's pretty much going to wrap this one up. The Blues have miraculously, against the odds, beaten the Giants by 30. It was beautiful. Now we got the Swannies and... We're going to prove that we are a top four side and get us higher up that ladder. Get that percentage up. We're playing finals this year. So that is going to wrap this episode up. See you guys next time.